Grace and mercy and peace belong to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The Word of God before us this morning is our Gospel lesson, the extraordinary record, the inspired record from Matthew, Matthew chapter 1. A man by the name of Joseph, a man by the name of Joseph had a problem. Let's pause for a moment and remember a little bit of background about Joseph. We know that Joseph was a carpenter by trade. Joseph lived in a small, small town of Nazareth up in the north country of Galilee, west of the Sea of Galilee. By every indication, Joseph was a man who loved the Word of God and trusted the Word of God. A religious teacher a number of years ago said that Joseph was a Psalm 1 kind of man. A Psalm 1 kind of man. If you want to know what that means, just read Psalm 1. And he also happened to be a direct descendant of King David. Obscure carpenter though he was, living in a little town of Nazareth, he was a direct descendant of, of King David. King David, the one to whom God had made a promise that, that David, through your family, the Savior of the world, will one day be born. Well, back to Joseph's problem. Joseph was betrothed to a woman by the name of Mary. It's easy sometimes, perhaps you've heard that a betrothal is like an engagement, but that really is unfair because a betrothal in the first century was far, far, far stronger than a simple engagement. Even though they continued to live in separate places during their period of betrothal, and even though the marriage relationship was not physically consummated during the period of betrothal, the commitment of betrothal, the commitment to each other in betrothal, was so strong that... People, in, in essence, in their minds, considered them already husband and wife. Well, now to Joseph's problem. It became apparent that Mary was with child. She was with child. And since Joseph and Mary had not yet physically consummated their marriage, the only conclusion Joseph could reach was that Mary had not been faithful. We don't always give it a lot of thought, but imagine how absolutely devastated Joseph must have felt when he discovered this. And yet, we also need to understand that in the first century of Palestine, many, many men 
in Joseph's position would have lashed out at Mary, would have made her an object of public disgrace because of what apparently she had done. But that was not Joseph. Joseph, remember, was a Psalm 1 kind of man. Matthew records that, that Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly, to bring their betrothal to an end in such a way as to cause the least amount of hurt and shame for Mary. Now, we also know from Matthew that, that Joseph was a very thoughtful man. He, he, would, he would think things through. He would ponder them. A little bit like Mary in that way. But Matthew records that as Joseph considered these things, as he carefully thought them through, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And this is what the angel said to Joseph. Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. The Aramaic here is Yeshua. It means Savior. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And then from there, after the, the angel speaks, Matthew goes on to explain something further. Matthew says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, the prophet Isaiah. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which means God with us. And so there we have it. Two extraordinary names describing this child who was to be born. Two extraordinary names. Let's take the first name of Emmanuel. This concept of, of God with us, very likely that, that would have rattled the Jewish people of the first century, and for very good reason. They knew from their Old Testament history and they knew from their own proper theology that God is holy and we are not. And that there is just an instinctive distance between the holiness of God and the unholiness of fallen people. Think of Mount Sinai. When God on Mount Sinai in the days of Moses presented the Israelites with the Ten Commandments on top of Mount Sinai, there was smoke and there was thunder and there was a trumpet and there was a booming voice and there was earthquake. The holiness of God. And the unholy Israelites wanted to keep their distance. Later on, when the prophet Isaiah himself in a vision encountered God, his instinctive reaction was not to say, oh, how nice, I get to chat with God. His instinctive 
reaction was to blurt out, Woe to me, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I come from a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. And even centuries later, during the the ministry of Jesus, when, when Peter on the seashore of the Sea of Galilee encounter Jesus and the reality that he is, he is standing in front of God the Son. Peter's initial instinctive reaction is to say to Jesus, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. And so it's very understandable that instinctively people would think, Holy God, unholy people, we need some distance. And yet... Emmanuel? Emmanuel. God with us. This concept of Emmanuel can rattle our time as well, though perhaps for a different reason. Sometimes in our own day and age, in our own culture, it's, it's often easier to talk of God as an idea or a concept, the pros and cons of believing in the existence of God. And it's easier in that sense than to keep a comfortable distance. After all, if you keep God as a concept and keep him comfortably distant, there are certain things you don't have to think about very much. But suddenly, Emmanuel, God with us, God has taken on a human being, and all of a sudden, everything is personal. A God who looks you in the eye. And now your relationship with God is not something you can easily avoid anymore. And then there's the name Jesus. Yeshua. Jesus in Greek means Savior. The significance of this name can be a bit rattling for you and me also. In our culture, it's easy to, to relegate Jesus simply to a, to, to a fine example for everybody to follow. What would Jesus do? If we would simply do more of what Jesus would do, this good old world would be a lot better. Or it's easy to relegate Jesus to being a a great teacher, a great encourager, a life coach with good advice. Or especially in the season you and I are in right now, it can be so easy, even for you and me at times, to relegate Jesus to a nondescript, non-threatening, generic centerpiece of the secular Christmas season? Here's a nice baby with a nice story. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. From now on, our troubles will be miles away. But Matthew records that the angel gets specific. You will give him the name Jesus, for he will save his people from their Sins. And there is the giant reality check. Jesus is Savior. 
He came to be our Savior because you and I are so lost and broken that we need saving. All the ways that you and I have been dismissive of God and our relationship with Him, all the things that in life that have often seemed more important or more real or more urgent, all the ways in which you and I have been dismissive of others, choosing rather to center on our own conveniences and our own comfort, and all the ways that you and I have been dismissive of ourselves, of the, of the, the gifts that, the, that God has, has given us, allowing rather our, our, our sinful habits to enslave us, rather than using the gifts and time and talents that the Lord has given to us to use to his glory all those sins and more. Jesus washed away in his own blood when that baby grew up and became a man and took upon himself all of our wrongs and marched to the cross and through his suffering and death purchased a pardon for you and me and for all. But because he has, you and I now possess a peace and a joy and a security and a purpose that no one can take away. As someone has said, Jesus went from cradle to cross to crown so that you and I can go from cradle to crown. His name is Emmanuel, God with us. His name is Jesus, Savior. Thanks be to God. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Jesus. Amen.